Hey guys, I want to welcome you to the weekly Wednesday for the Financial Freedom Newsletter, where every week, every Wednesday, we delve into something inspirational, motivational, something excerpt taken from the Financial Freedom Weekly Newsletter. Wherever you are, if you're listening on Spotify, on iTunes, Google, be sure to click the like, subscribe, share, comment. Without ado, let's get into the show. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey guys, welcome to this week's podcast episode for the Financial Freedom Podcast, and I'm your host, Dr. Christopher Liu. As you know, I started out my career in real estate investing, getting my financial freedom, and now I'm happy to have Or Yocannon from the greater Austin area to share his expertise, his insights on the real estate market, conditions and projection, fire, how to achieve financial freedom. I think real estate is one of the best ways to build wealth safely store it so uh or welcome thank you so much for having me yeah i know uh you know it's it's great to connect and so tell people about your story it looks like you're an ex-amazon engineer and now you um now you're in real estate uh tell us more yeah so i am originally from israel i graduated from the technion it's like uh, israel's mit kind of and i worked for qualcomm and aws and then I moved to I moved to California. I was there for like six months, and I figured it's not right the the right fit for me. And then I asked Amazon to move me to to Austin, so I did another relocation. And when I moved to Austin, I figured that I think it's a nice place. And that was the first time that I ever bought a, a rental property. It was the first time I felt like there's a market that can work for me. And then yeah. in my first year, I actually bought, actually bought seven properties, and my friends thought that I'm mad. Uh, and then people started to come to me and basically found me like through Facebook and stuff and be like, hey, or like, I want to do what you do, uh, you know, guide me. And I was like, I'm a I was in, in Armis, it's a cybersecurity firm after AWS. I was like, I'm a director at Armis. What do you want from me? Like, I'm not a real estate agent. But, you know, a second person came. By the third person, I was like, okay, maybe there's something in it. And then I kind of did it as a side hustle. Uh, but what happened is that over, over my first year of real estate license, I closed like consistently 10 to 15 properties a month, became Austin's top producer uh, per the public records and basically ditched my tech job. And today that's what I do. I have this business called The Investory uh, because every house is both an investment and as a story, whether it's for investment and uh, residential. And I try to help others kind of unblock their internal real estate I don't know, investor, because it's so scary. And I remember it, like coming from Israel, I didn't know anything about real estate, like especially in the US, you know? So I had to learn everything from scratch. And then when I walked with an agent, the agent was like, here's a nice house. You should buy this one. Here's another nice house. You should definitely buy this one. And I was like, agent, that is not what I'm looking for. (laughs) (laughs) It's really not what I'm looking for. So yeah. yeah, so that's kind of what I'm doing. Yeah, and go ahead. 
No, yeah, so today I own, uh, I own like uh, more, like about a dozen properties of my own. I closed something like 250 or maybe 300 properties. I don't really track the metrics over the course of the last uh, two uh, and a half years. And yeah, I'm, I'm very excited to be here uh, and, and yeah. on the podcast. Excellent. Yeah, it, it, I, I think most, a lot of cities like Portland, uh, Nashville, uh, are ba- are based on this Austin. Austin is kind of like the model city for this uh, this modern day success story. When, when did you get into the Austin real estate? Because that's kind of like you know you're probably the right place, right time, right? Yeah, well. yeah. So I got I moved to Austin in the second half of 2018, and mm-hmm. when I moved to Austin and I wanted to buy an investment property, literally everybody that lived in Austin told me that I am crazy. I, I missed <laughs> the train. You know, it used to cost 150. Now it costs 250. It's so expensive here. And I kind of like my conviction was, and it still is, that real estate markets, whatever they are, wherever they are, they look towards the future, not towards mm. the past. It doesn't mm-hmm. really matter how much it was worth before. What it matters is, is it in its full potential now. And when I look at Austin and I compare it to comparable cities, like in my subjective opinion, comparable cities, basically people that are, if you are trying to to live somewhere and you're considering Austin, you probably consider also Seattle, you're considering maybe Boston, Massachusetts, Western Virginia, San Diego, California, you know, Denver, Colorado maybe. If you're looking at these cities, Austin is like so much cheaper. Even today, it still is so much cheaper. So that's kind of what got me there. And I'm thinking that, like you said, there is like, if you compare Nashville to Austin, you compare Austin to Seattle, it's like the markets grow and you have like a huge metropolis, like Seattle, for example, and it's exploding and it's so expensive. So people are moving into a somewhat comparable market that has opportunities, that has education. And then you have more supply, you have more demand and supply, prices go up, this area blows up (laughs) and trickles down. So, you know, I think it's always about like, what is those, what is the area worth compared to its potential? Yeah. So it's one of the, you know, you know, um, with the exception of like 2008, you know, where, where you have like these housing bubbles, um, you know, a lot of, you know, like I said, real estate is you buy and hold. And um, most of the yeah. time, you know, uh, it's just, you know, are people getting priced out? Yeah. They, you know, it's quite interesting. And then, um, so it sounds like you're generating revenue through, uh, you know, being a agent and then you're also investing in a high growth city. You know, one thing that is on, you know, kind of make it relevant for the listeners out there is, you know, especially with this uh, interest rates, and they say commercial real estate is may, could be the next thing to fall. You know, tell us more about just again. This is not financial advice, but just what your course conditions and projections. Of course, I think that this market right now is extremely unique, and I think all of us are scratching our heads trying to understand what the heck is going on <laughs> because it feels like a recession or like recession is looming, but per the macroeconomics. And the data, it, it's not a recession just yet. And from my personal perspective, I think, you know, it, it's kind of like Amazon to a degree, like the Amazon stock. And I'll explain what I mean by that. When Amazon started to grow, I think it's the P2E ratio. I'm not like a stock expert, but like the, the ratio, the P2E ratio was just way too large. And the company kept growing and growing because it had like a different, like the, the reality changed. The, the company invested the money in itself. So you don't really get a lot of, profits but you see just revenues jumping through the roof Mm. and my comparison to this recession that has it sounds maybe like completely unrelated 
is that we don't really understand what's going on right now. It is mm-hmm. unique. We have yet to see something like it. From that perspective, I think that investing in real estate and investing in general right now needs to very like you need to be very safe about it. You don't want to take uncalculated risks. You don't want to buy real estate, take a loan with like seven or eight percent interest rate that is a negative cash flow of one thousand bucks and just bet that it's going to be better later, even though I think it might be. You mm-hmm. don't want you don't know when it's going to be and you don't want to be in that position. And I'm thinking that whatever your investment strategy is, whether it's whether it's real estate, whether it's stocks, whether it's Bitcoin, whatever, you need to understand your risk exposure and your risk volatility. You need mm. to be truthful with yourself and you need to deploy. The one biggest hurdle that I see from everybody is basically analysis paralysis. It's like you want to do something, but you don't feel like you're a top expert and you can get yourself to this 95 T's comfort zone so you don't do anything mm-hmm. but then the opportunity cost is so high mm-hmm. so that's what I'm mm-hmm. telling my like you know every person that speaks with me I'm telling them understand what are you aiming for understand what are your what is your risk exposure and, and your risk tolerance and then deploy and I think that for me for my personal situation it, and it definitely doesn't apply for everyone a city like Austin uh, works well, because I'm not looking to cash flow, you know, my properties today, I have, I think, maybe 12 or, or yeah, 11 or 12, and I have, like, I didn't inherit anything. I was just a simple engineer. I'm not like a, you know, I'm not coming from money, but I don't really make cash flow, but I typically, I just, I have tons of equity, and I'm fine mm. with that. Like, I'm I'm, I'm okay with it. My, my strategy is like, you know, towards retiring in like five to 10 years. That's true for me. It's not necessarily true for everybody. So I think whoever listens to this podcast or listens to podcasts in general is only doing that like one of the of the smartest moves of getting more educated, understanding whatever it is, like whatever data they, they can understand. But the next step would be to execute. And that's what separates the actual investors from the ones who are just, you know, listen to the podcast, look at the screen and put their money in Bank of America and let inflation degrade its worth. Yeah. Does it make sense? Yeah, really makes sense. Yeah, because it's interesting because I talked to a lot of people and this is like actually a new thing. But, um, you know, a lot of people I talk to, they say they've never seen conditions like this. They've never seen markets like this. Yeah. Like there's just like little pockets up and down, you know, and it's kind of uh, we don't know what data, the numbers. It's kind of they're just it's it's basically, you know, basically it's kind of sounds like they're flying by the seat of their pants. But um. And then, uh, but really this idea of risk mitigation, really like, um, you know, down markets are the best time to to yes. uh, deploy capital and execute, but then you also have to consider risk. You don't want to get in over your head, over leverage and, you know, and miss out on other opportunities. Uh, you have to be extremely strategic these days. You know, these kind of old um, advice doesn't really work. No pain, no gain. People are, you know, everybody wants to have their cake and eat it too. And exactly and precisely what you said is, is the, the whole point. It's like when the market is trending downwards, you are you have this, the, the reverse FOMO, you know? It's like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm afraid to join. Like maybe it's going to reduce. But then it started to pick back up. And then you look back to 2008 and you're like, what have I done? Properties were so cheap. 
how did I not buy it then? <laughs> so that's why I always like to look at like my personal opinion and analysis. I try to be to look at like at, at the conditions from a pseudo objective metrics. If people are making, you know, in in my like I'm I'm a techie. I'm coming again. For, like I was used to be a director in in tech companies. Like I work for for Fang. And if I see people that are making, you know, like in my levels, let's say, three fifty to five hundred grand a year, even if recession hits, even if you you reduce the salary by twenty percent, twenty five percent, there's still a bunch of juice if you're buying a a, a property for something like four hundred fifty, like mm. the amount of the amount of yearly income compared to property price point doesn't make sense to me. In my current market, I am not. By the way, I'm not here to publish Austin at all. That's really not my goal. I would absolutely <laughs> love. I, I have like a YouTube channel that is more focused on education. So if anybody wants to, you know, check it out, I would absolutely appreciate it. Uh, but I am here to say that education is key, and understanding the markets is key. And right now, as the market is right, like I don't know how, how it's like in every. Uh, state, but I can see in several markets the healing that starts. You can see the trends. I do like a live stream about my specific market and I share just the raw data. And you can see the healing starts. So if you think that something is starting to heal back up after the bottom out, yeah, maybe it's not the cheapest. Maybe it's a bit slightly after it was the cheapest, but mm. you can already see the, the, the upward trend. So if you want to hop on the train, Maybe do that. And if you're thinking that it's going to decrease in value, then definitely don't. Yeah, it's always about the upwards long-term trend for macro investors, you know, 5, 10, 15 years. Yeah, I love that analogy was like, you know, 08, 09. That was like the best time to get into these really cheap properties. And then, um, and uh, you know, uh, yeah, really interesting. So and I'm, I'm sure a lot of the audience out here is... Um, is uh familiar with fire but um and there's so many different ways of fire and so tell mm -hmm. us about like real estate investing as a means to fire how is it different from stocks and you know or starting a company uh of course. More. of course so i would say that contrary to a lot of to popular belief and especially belief that are that are kind of pushed by realtor even though i am a realtor i really don't perceive myself as a realtor i perceive myself as an engineer that's what i truly am this is my education and who i am like in my core yeah i don't think that real estate is like the quick and easy way to cash flow and get rich and yada 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 <laughs> when you go into like a super cash flow market typically it's like a there's a reason that it cash flows cash flow is like high cash flow is being generated by an area that has a low demand for like long-term housing. Like people don't really want to buy their, their primary residence, but they live there because of their whatever. They can't afford a house, their condition, whatever. That is not necessarily the best, like again, not to say anything bad about anybody, but maybe that's not the people that all of us want to deal with. So I'm <laughs> saying that because in my personal and professional opinion, real estate is a long-term game. You invest in real estate and you build your equity slowly but surely, and this last portion of the quote-unquote surely is something that some people will disagree with. I, well, I'm obviously, <laughs> I'm agreeing with myself. I'm thinking that it's so much more consistent than markets, 
that are more volatile in nature and are more dependent on technology or, you know, let's say, you know, Bitcoin. Bitcoin shot up in value like crazy. Tesla stock, like, you know, when I bought my first Tesla, I was like, it's going to skyrocket. I didn't buy any stock and, you know, hindsight, I'm like, what? <laughs> How did I not do it? <laughs> but it's like, the risk is so much higher. With real estate, what is going to happen? People are not going to live in the house anymore? No. What can happen is that values will decrease, but in order for the values to decrease, something in like in a strong metropolis, something huge needs to happen. You know, the economy, mm -hmm. the economy needs to break. If the economy breaks down, <laughs> I'm already losing. Like, what are, what are my alternative investments? So, to your question, my personal strategy is investing in real estate. Right now, I am, wow, yeah. I wanted to say I'm young. I'm not really young. I'm like, a, you know, mid. I feel like I'm young, you know? Yeah. Uh, and I still have, like, some good producing years ahead of me. So, mm -hmm. I, am, I am doing what I would call deployment. I'm taking my capital and I'm deploying my capital in, in more and more, you know, avenues. But then once I get to the point that I'm like, all right, time to, time to exit, then I will start to maybe I'll sell a couple of properties and, and kind of, you know, return my, my loan on, on the other ones. Maybe I'll just start to diverge some of my income instead of towards deployment, towards returning my, um, and then I will strategize to exit while I'm still, you know, not super old. I don't want to be, I don't want to be this like 65 year old that has 35 properties with a bunch of mortgages on them. It just, <laughs> that's not like, and then, you know, my, my, my children, they inherit it and it cash flows better. They don't pay any capital gains because, you know, you can reset the capital gain if you do like a, a real estate investments well, but that's not really my goal. I want to enjoy my, hard-earned money so yeah so what i'm doing right now i'm deploying i think probably in anywhere between three to five years i will start to to exit and when i'm 40 and every time i say my, my the age like if it, initially i aimed for 50 with mm -hmm. my current income i'm aiming for like 45 i am probably going to do it before 45 with my current trajectory my goal is to have my properties free and clear um and basically you know, if you have like uh, if you have like eleven to twelve properties in Austin, you're going to make like net, I don't know, like uh, probably a good fifteen grand. Yeah, I can live from 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 fifteen grand if I don't have any housing expenses. You know, and I'm I'm not a lazy person. You know, I'm always hustling. I'm I'm working. I hope by that time a YouTube channel and whatever would be a bit more advanced, and I would be able to mentor others and help others. And just do the things that I love doing, which is like teaching. That's kind of my passion. Even though, you know, today I'm I'm more in the kind of acquisition side and and startup side. Yeah, that's kind of my own personal goal. I'm sorry, yeah. too long of an answer. Yeah, no, <laughs> I hope that's it was a, mildly entertaining. Yeah, it was really good because, um, like I said, you need to not only do you have to work for it, but you have to you know enjoy it. And my uh, one of my mentors was like, yeah, you 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 know, what's the point of working so hard and you just store it in a bank and let the bankers take it and lend it out and then and then you know so um you know it's really you have to enjoy your the fruits of your labor as well so really interesting my, <laughs> go ahead my my uh, a person that i i consider to be a, a mentor of mine is a guy that i respect a lot uh, uh from texas texas born and raised is 65 years of age He's retired, uh, just 
recently retired and very very sharp guy extremely sharp but the thing with with this person that I that I love and admire is that up until today he is working his real estate operation became his passion and hobby now good for him seriously I have nothing but respect for this guy that's not what I want I want my hobby to be my children my toys a mentor not me literally painting houses I, <laughs> like it doesn't really make sense to me and I think that's one of the things that we kind of we kind of lose you know we're trying to we have our, our eyes on the prize and we get so entangled with the journey and we forget that it, you know it's just a mean to an end it's not the actual end <laughs> me you know <laughs> renovating properties for me it's not really the end not the end goal so what I'm saying is have an exit plan you know know yeah. what you're aiming for but make sure that you also enjoy the fruits of your hard labor because what's the point if you don't yeah. right yeah exactly you, you can't you can't take it with you when we leave so great conversation I know you have a YouTube channel how can people find that I know you're on Instagram and uh, yeah. tell people how they can follow you contact you etc sure thing if if anybody anybody wants to check out my my YouTube channel uh, my name is or your cannon I'm sure that you can't spell it because it's a weird Israeli name but I'm sure <laughs> it's Christopher <laughs> put it in the notes of the podcast uh, it's or and then yos you can also look for my company the investory if you look for the investor you're going to find all of the material I have both an English YouTube page and a Hebrew one being bilingual absolutely suck absolutely don't <laughs> recommend anyone it's so hard in content and my YouTube channel is all about education I'm trying to teach people how to properly take a mortgage how to optimize the mortgage uh, to understand taxes in real estate to understand how to analyze real estate the difference between renting a property and owning a property and the fact that there, there is no one way you can do both but you need to understand it and so on and so forth this is kind of my mission if anybody is considering either to move to Austin or invent or invest in Austin and think that I might be a positive person in their lives by all means find me I'm sure you can if you find it interesting enough you'll be able to find me uh, my information is kind of everywhere uh, and yeah and again thank you so very much for hosting me I really appreciate it yeah and um thanks for reaching out and thanks for coming on to the podcast I really enjoyed the conversation I love your energy and uh for all the listeners out there uh or's resources will be in the links and show notes and with that thanks so much for coming on to the podcast yeah thank thank you Thank you.